Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, fitness instructor, owner of Evlo Fitness, and I'm happy you're here today. Today, we are talking about body recomposition. I'm going to talk about what that means, how to do it, and kind of my personal experience with body recomp this year. So I first want to say that aesthetic goals are not bad or wrong at all. But if you are someone who has struggled with that a little bit, and maybe you tend to be obsessive with these kind of things, maybe I would recommend skipping this episode and focusing on some non-aesthetic goals for now, like improving stress and feeling good and moving your body and maybe improving you know, the way your joints function and feel. So just a little disclaimer there, but I do think that there are kind of two ends of the spectrum when it comes to aesthetics in the fitness industry and in the wellness industry. There's the side that is aggressive and all about the quick fixes and hammering your body into the ground and prioritizing aesthetics over overall health. And then there's the opposite end of the spectrum where if you care about aesthetics and how you look at all, then that's wrong and there's something wrong with you. And I think that there's some gray space in between and there's a real opportunity for us to yeah, care about how we look and have a a desire to improve our body composition, but not do so in a way that is working against our overall health. So that said, body composition goals are not on everyone's radar. And maybe your goal again is to feel better or repair your relationship to exercise and your body and stay strong and improve your overall health, in which case you may skip this episode. So again, I just wanted to give that disclaimer. But Evlo can 100% align with both your non-aesthetic related goals and your aesthetic related goals. We do not claim that we're a weight loss program. We don't talk about burning calories in our classes or burning off what you ate this weekend. You will never hear that in an Evlo class. And we don't claim that our program will help you lose fat faster, especially in a direct way but we can help you improve your body composition in a really sustainable way that doesn't cost some other aspect of your health or make you miserable and force you to adhere to like a super rigid schedule. So yes, we believe that Evlo is effective for body composition changes, but it's not a fast track to like weight loss. And you, as I'll talk about later in this episode, I don't think that trying to change your body in a fast way is healthy or sustainable. And again, I'll talk about that here in a moment. So the goal of our classes in Evlo is hypertrophy, and we choose exercises that will build your muscles in the ways that are least likely to overstress your joints and overstress your system. Because remember that hormones play a large role in fat loss and in your ability to adapt positively to exercise. So if you're overstressed by, again, just grinding your body into the ground in the pursuit of burning calories, you aren't going to see the same results. So our goal is to, yes, stress your muscles and load your muscles, but limit kind of overall systemic stress. And when you pair proper nutrition and enough sleep and recovery with this type of training that really loads muscles, but limits systemic stress, you will see really positive body composition changes that you're able to sustain because ultimately we want you to be flexible in your fitness to be able to have this space and freedom to move through different seasons of your life without feeling like you have to be super rigid or confined to a certain diet or certain exercise program and extreme dieting or slamming your body into the ground with, you know, working out every day, super hard or working out multiple times a day is truly not sustainable. 
And I've personally been through that. And I'm here to tell you that it sucks <laughs> and it is harmful, especially in the long run. I was at a point, and many of you know this story, but I was at a point where I was exercising way too much. I was over-exercising sometimes two to three times a day. I was doing lots of cardio. I was lifting super heavy. Um, I was not eating enough and I was constantly tracking like how many calories I was burning. And I felt terrible all over. <laughs> I had chronic pain that started in my back and then to my hip, my shoulder, my wrist. I felt honestly awful at all times. And the irony is that I didn't have much muscle at all. My body composition now is so much better than it was at that time, even though I'm working out way, way less. I feel like I'm eating more and my body doesn't hurt all the time. So more is not better. It's all about smarter, not harder. And it's honestly taken me a good amount of time to educate myself about this and tinker with this, but I'm finally feeling like I'm learning what's working for my body to progress without costing some area of my health or how I feel or taking a ton of time. And I know that time is valuable, right? So we don't want to spend our whole lives on this. We want to be able to tinker and kind of play with it in a way that feels like it fits seamlessly into our lives. And at this point, now that I feel like I've learned really what works and that you don't have to make yourself miserable to see results, I am never willing to go back to that again. Like I, and I talk to my friends who do Evlo all the time and have been through the same thing. They're like, you will never catch me in one of those like crazy boot camp classes ever again. They're like, it hurts. It doesn't feel good. It's miserable. And I know that it's a lot of work for not a lot of payoff. So they're like, I'm done. And so it's a really fun place to be when you can truly transition your mindset. So I do have a set of goals and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But again, I just never want to go back to that place where I'm harming myself just to look a certain way. So today in this episode, we're going to talk about body recomposition. We're going to talk about how to eat and train for body recomposition. And then at the end, I'll kind of share my personal experiences with what I've been going through this year. Cause I, I get asked about that a lot. Like kind of my own personal journey. So I'm going to share that just a little bit. And I'll also get into a little bit of how to track kind of muscle mass and all of those things. So what is body recomposition? Body recomposition is essentially losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time. So it's essentially that toned look that so many people are after, right? Like, oh, I, I don't want to gain muscle. I just want to get toned. And I did a podcast about some problems and some misconceptions around this term toning and like tightening. If you want to learn about that, that's episode number 80. But basically body recomposition is losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time. And this process of body recomposition truly involves like a three pronged approach. So it involves a balance between food, exercise, and recovery. And truthfully, it's a slower process than just focusing on muscle building or just focusing on fat loss. But I kind of like that it's a slower process because when we're in a rush, we don't make choices that we can sustain. So I love the idea of taking our time. Um, and I always say that we have the rest of our lives to exercise, so let's not rush it. I really like giving yourself a longer runway. And I think that that will be more likely to create habits that you can actually sustain. So as far as body recomposition, genetics and your training level do play a big part in your ability to recomp. And if you're someone 
who loses fat easily, you may have an easier time with recomposition if you're training correctly and if you're eating enough protein. On the other side, you might have a harder time if you're struggling, if you're someone who struggles to lose fat and or gain muscle, even when you're focused on nutrition. And that's okay. Again, it's just something to continue to tinker with until you find what works. And hopefully I'll give you some guidance in this episode that will give you some ideas of things to work on. So your training level plays a large role in how easily you're able to body recomp. So if you're newer to training, it's actually easier to change your body composition to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. Um, when you're adding resistance training and you're focusing on nutrition, but if you've been training for a little while, like if you've been doing Evlo for a little while and you really want to start to focus on this, it may be a little harder, but again, it's definitely not impossible. And I am proof of that. Um, because I was able to body recomp this year, even though I've been training for years and years and years. So I'll talk about that again in a little bit. So it's definitely not impossible, but it might just take, you know, some tinkering, some playing, some figuring out, um, calories and protein and training and stuff that is ultimately the puzzle piece to create this body recomposition. So let's first talk about nutrition and then we'll get into training and recovery. So I always say that I am not an expert in nutrition. There is so much nuance to nutrition and there's honestly a lot of new research coming out in this field, especially in female physiology. So I don't want to give a ton on this because I like to defer to the experts. So I'll stay kind of high level, but I'll talk about kind of what I've gathered from my own experience and then what I've read and learned from the experts. So another thing that I'll say is that I've gathered from the experts that sometimes you have to solve underlying issues like gut issues, hormonal issues, stress levels, et cetera, before you go trying to change something like body composition. And this goes kind of for training too, right? You can't build a house on a sloppy foundation. So if you have some underlying issues going on, you might not be able to see optimal results from your training. So if you have some things that you know are happening, like some gut issues, hormonal issues, it might affect how your body responds to training. So just wanted to say that as well and never be afraid to, you know, seek help from a physician, a dietitian who can evaluate you and see if there's something underlying happening. If you feel like you're doing all these things and yet you're still not seeing your body adapt in a desirable way. So those are my disclaimers there, but building muscle requires that you essentially have more protein synthesis than degradation in order to build new tissue. So essentially you have to have more amino acids than breakdown of the muscle. You break down your muscle in your workouts, protein degradation, which I always say that word wrong, degradation, and you build up muscle with nutrition and recovery. That's where the protein synthesis comes in. And that's why this body recomposition is truly a three-pronged approach and you can't really body recomp without, without having proper nutrition or proper recovery, because it has to be a balance of that protein breakdown and protein build up in order to progress. So the nutrition piece is for fat loss because of your slight calorie deficit. And it's also for the muscle build because of your macronutrient density 
or the amount of protein that you're eating. So nutrition is both the fat loss piece and the muscle building piece. The training, your resistance training, your workouts are for the muscle breakdown. So you break down the muscle in your training, your nutrition and your recovery are where you come in and build back up that muscle tissue. The fat loss comes from a slight calorie deficit. So I always think that people get confused about that. They're like, oh, I'm building muscle in my workouts. Your workouts are actually breaking down your muscle, your nutrition and your recovery are what are building that muscle up. And I just wanted to kind of really hammer home this point because again, you just really cannot have one without the other. It's really a balance between nutrition, recovery, and training. But from a high level for body recomposition, you want calories slightly below your maintenance level and you want protein high. So to figure out calories, you want to take your total daily energy expenditure, which there's a workbook in the Evlo membership for you to calculate this. You could probably Google a TDEE calculator as well. I'm not sure how accurate it will be, but it could be a starting place. And then once you have your total daily energy expenditure, T-D-E-E, you want to take off a very small amount of calories per day to be in a slight calorie deficit. And again, I recommend listening to the Evlo modules to learn how much you should take off, but I've heard maybe around 200-ish calories off of your T-D-E-E may be a good place to start with, but you can play with kind of what feels right for you. And you'll also want to pay attention to how your energy levels are. If your energy levels are completely tanked, it might be because you're under eating and you might bring up those calories just a little bit. Again, um, Catherine, our registered dietitian at Evlo goes over this in the nutrition module. So check those out if you, uh, need some insight into learning if you're eating enough, but from what I've read and researched, keeping the calorie deficit pretty small ensures that you are slowly burning fat, but not losing muscle. Because if your calorie deficit is too large, you burn both fat and muscle at the same time. And this can affect your metabolism because you have overall less mass and you continue, you'll have to continue to cut your calories just to maintain. So less, maybe more in the calorie cutting area. Again, you might not lose fat at a super fast rate, but you aren't losing fat and muscle at the same time, which will set you up for problems later in the future. So again, this is a much more sustainable approach. Keep your calorie cutting relatively small. At least that's the recommended advice that I've seen over and over. The most important thing from a nutrition standpoint is that you're getting enough protein because again, nutrition is where you build the muscle. So you have to have the amino acids from protein in order to replace the broken down muscles from your training again, or you won't see results. So you have to have enough protein and you can listen to video nine in the nutrition modules. If you're an Evlo member and definitely listen to the macro videos, but in general, the recommendations that I've kind of seen over and over tend to be 0.75 to one grams of protein per pound of body weight. So 0.75 to one grams of protein per pound of body weight. And I've heard different opinions on that, but it kind of seems to be the consensus from experts in general. For me, I personally shoot for one gram of protein per pound of body weight per day. And that's worked really well for me because sometimes I hit that. And then there's some days where I fall short of that and it's not perfect, but I find that, you know, if I have that one gram 
per pound of protein. I, and I don't hit it exactly. I kind of end up getting a good average. I personally do very loosely track my macros and my protein using my fitness pal. I tend to track during the week pretty well. And then on the weekends, I don't even bother with tracking. We like to go out to eat. Um, and I, I just don't track on the weekends. So I also find that I don't obsess about it. I like to see the numbers. I'm more science brained. So I just like to have the data. I love data. So I use it as a tool to just make sure that I'm getting enough protein. And when I first started this process earlier this year, I noticed that I was getting like half the amount of protein that I was supposed to be getting, which could have been a reason, probably was the reason why I wasn't gaining muscle or why it was hard for me to gain muscle. And I'll talk about again, my personal insights at the end, but if you've never tracked, you might consider tracking just to get an idea of how much you're getting. And it might surprise you that you might not be getting nearly enough in order to build muscle and ultimately, um, body recomp. So again, macros program is where it's at. And if you're an Evola member, what I love about this is that she gives you options for tracking your, your calories and your protein and your macros using numbers, like using an app, like my fitness pal. And then she also gives you an option to track without using numbers, which I really like. Like if you're like, I don't want to log my food every single day, she gives you some tools on how to do that, which I really, really liked. Um, she also in that macros program gives you fat and carb recommendations, but in general, I think staying in a small, small calorie deficit and hitting enough protein 0.75 to one grams of protein per day is going to be the best practice for nutrition as far as body recomp. Okay. So that's nutrition. Let's talk about training. I want you to transition your mindset from training being about fat loss to training being about muscle. More muscle is going to increase your metabolism, increase your insulin sensitivity, increase your bone density, improve your overall health, and make you feel so much better than slamming your body into the ground, thinking that your workouts need to burn a bunch of fat or significantly contribute to your deficit. And one of the things that I'm truly passionate about is helping you all with your overall health in the long term. And because of that, I'm going to encourage you to try to progress slowly and not be in a rush because study after study have shown that these like quick fixes to fat loss or get fit quick type programs eventually backfire. And a lot of the data shows that, you know, when you're severely cutting calories or when you are going ham in your workouts, you can't sustain that physically for very long. And so you end up either having to stop completely or You have to increase your calories again. You have to really taper down the training and the workout volume and the workout intensity. And you end up, a lot of um, participants end up gaining more weight than when they started. So again, it's not, intensity is not where it's at. It's all about being steady and allowing yourself to progress slowly. Because cutting a bunch of calories and doing cardio and not focusing on enough strength training can put you in this downward spiral that I kind of alluded to. So You lose muscle because you aren't training properly while you're in a calorie deficit. Remember, because if you're not loading muscles and getting enough protein, your body will not only break down fat, but it'll also break down muscle. And this can affect your metabolism. Your metabolism decreases. You have to eat fewer calories just to maintain. And you have to kind of stay in this constant hamster wheel of eating less and less and less and doing more and more and more cardio. And eventually what I saw in my clinical practice as a PT is that, you know, you, 
you hit midlife and you're like, oh my gosh, my body feels like it's falling apart. I just can't do this anymore. My body is just killing me. And you again, end up having to kind of backtrack and start from square one. So those of you that are in your twenties and thirties, start putting this into practice ASAP, these things, training properly, eating enough protein so that you set yourself up to feel better for the rest of your life. So this is a little tangent there, but focusing on that muscle burn over the calorie burn is truly going to have the opposite effect. And it'll put you on more of an upward spiral where when you're building lean muscle mass, you will have more freedom with food. You'll increase your metabolism and you won't have to feel like you have to diet and restrict and do a bunch of cardio and break your body down your entire life. I know I hammer that into like almost every episode, but I think that the repetition of learning this can truly be where changes lie for a lot of us in changing our mindsets because this mindset shift is so key. Okay. So what does it take to build muscle then? You're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. (laughs) What does it take to build muscle for hypertrophy? A few things are important. And I talk about this in detail in episode number 39 about the five basics, but I'll go over each basic very briefly here. So the first basic is programming. You want to make sure that you have an organized plan for your week. You're working each muscle group without overworking those muscle groups. So you don't want to go to, if body recomposition is your goal, going to a fitness class every single week where you don't know what muscles you're working. You could be working the same muscle groups every single day of the week and completely neglecting others is not necessarily my recommendation. You want to work muscle groups I would say one to two times per week, not on consecutive days, because if you are overworking a muscle, remember exercise is that catabolic stimulus, that breakdown stimulus. So if you're constantly breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, your body doesn't have the opportunity to build up with the protein synthesis. So giving those muscle groups certain days to recover is super important. So I like to work again, like each muscle group one to two times a week on non-consecutive days. And you can split this into three full body workouts. So you could work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like we have available on the Evelyn membership, or you can do, and that usually those are a little longer workouts because you just have more to do within that, within that time. Or if you want to work out for shorter periods on more days of the week, you could do like a four or five day split. Like we also have on the membership. Personally, I, really like to move my body and get in a routine five days a week. And then I take off Saturday and Sunday, completely off exercise. I might go for a walk or something like that, but I'm not resistance training. And the reason I like this is because I feel like I have more energy in my workout to actually contract my muscles with 100% effort. I sometimes feel like in the full body workouts, like we do a full body workout on Friday that I teach. Um, I feel like by the end, when we're getting to arms and core, I'm getting pretty tired and shot. And I feel like I'm not giving my arms and core as much attention. So, um, although three full body workouts are amazing. If you're someone like me, where you're like, I feel like I'm getting, you know, close to that 45 minute mark and I'm just cooked and I'm not giving the muscle groups the attention that they deserve at that point. Cause I'm tired. You could end up splitting it into five workouts that are just a little bit shorter. So options there either way works. Awesome. Just depends on your schedule and your life and your preferences. So that's programming your strength training. And I do recommend having strength training really be your cornerstone and any extra activity you kind of plan around your strength training. So any cardio that you're doing is kind of bonus, honestly, 
I would recommend adding some low intensity cardio, like walking or easy yoga, or really any cardiovascular activity that slightly elevates your heart rate, gets your body moving, but doesn't overly stress your muscles or overly stress your system. So again, I like to walk for like 10 to 30 minutes every day. So we say shoot for 150 minutes per week of kind of light intensity cardio. And then as far as higher intensity cardio or HIIT, this is something that you can definitely play around with and is more optional. It's definitely not necessary for body recomposition, uh, but there's lots of benefits to high intensity interval training. If your joints can tolerate it, if it feels like it overstresses you and it hurts your body, don't add it for now. You might get to a place where you want to add it later, but for now I I like to say, just keep the low intensity cardio and keep the strength training. Maybe you add it later, but if this is something you want to play around with adding to your schedule, shorter is better. So 15 minutes ish, maybe some interval training where you've got a warm up. Um, you're doing like eight minutes or so of intervals where you're, you're on max effort for like 30 seconds to 45 seconds. And then you're off for like 15 to 30 seconds. And then you repeat that. And again, doesn't need to be long, like 20 minutes max. And I would say one to two of those sessions per week on your non-training days on your non-strength training days, if you can. But again, this is one of those things you have to track your recovery. How are you feeling? Are you feeling super fatigued all the time? I I like to say these are bonus really make your resistance training your cornerstone. Okay. So that's the first and maybe most important part of training is programming. The second, I don't want to say that's the most important because these, (laughs) this is also very important is exercise selection. So for hypertrophy, working one muscle group at a time, rather than lots of muscle groups, like with combination moves or compound movements seems to be the best and compound exercises for sure have their place and they're not bad or wrong. And they can still contribute to hypertrophy for sure. But at Evlo and my philosophy is that in a lot, a lot of, uh, people like bodybuilders share this philosophy as well. We're partial to more targeted exercises because they tend to stress surrounding joints less and they apply more specific load to the muscle that you're trying to grow. So for example, we tend to do like step-ups over heavy squats. Step-ups tend to load the glute with more force than a squat, even if you're holding heavy weight. And this is because of the mechanics of the exercise, right? So you can actually place more load through your glutes doing a body weight step-up than if you were, you know, holding a weight in a squat. Not always. Of course, if you hold a ton of weight in a squat, then that would be more force to the glute than a body weight step up. But body weight step ups can be extremely effective for the glutes and it's, you know, little downward compression, little or no downward compression through the spine. So strong glutes, happier back, it's kind of a win-win. So that's just an example, but that's what we recommend is trying to really focus on one muscle group at a time and stabilize other areas of your body that you're not trying to stress. The third basic is progressive overload. You want to slowly add more resistance or more volume, basically more challenge as the muscle gets stronger. So if you start by curling 10 pounds for your biceps and you do that every week, six months from now, those 10 pounds are not going to feel like much, right? So you won't be progressing in that muscle unless you're slowly starting to add more resistance or you can add more reps or both. You also want to get really close to failure in almost every set. This part is really important. You can lift the heavy weights and do all the reps, but if you're not getting 
close to that muscular failure point, you won't grow the muscle. And basically this muscular failure failure point is the point where you can't complete another rep. The muscle is just done. You don't have to get all the way to failure, but we want to kind of tease, tease it and get close. So basically this means that towards the end of your set, let's again, say you're doing bicep curls towards the end of your set, you're really struggling. Like you might, your face might be turning a little red, of course, continue to breathe. Um, your muscles might be shaking. Your muscles are screaming. This is what you want to get to towards the end of every single set. What's cool is that you don't have to add a ton more weight to get to this. You can actually mentally picture the muscle working harder. And this is called internal resistance, something that we talk about a lot. And this internal resistance recruits more fibers and can place more stress through the muscle, which can fatigue it faster and is excellent for hypertrophy. So, um, you'll hear me cue that a lot in our classes is like get close to failure and, uh, squeeze as hard as possible, create that 100% effort through the muscle. And that's a great way to stimulate hypertrophy. The fourth basic for training is nutrition, which we've talked about earlier. And then the fifth basic, which is really important is recovery, sleeping enough, focusing on mental and emotional health. And I know people kind of brush this off. They're like, yeah, 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 whatever. But like, how can I eat and how can I train? No, if you're not taking care of this piece, the other two pieces just don't matter because what's really interesting is that physical and emotional stress affect the body in the same way. It's a chemical stress. It's a catabolic stress. So emotional stress can affect your results. If you're not sleeping enough, if you're emotionally overstressed, this can increase those catabolic processes that break down and you will not build muscle as easily. Again, if you're overstressing your system, we're not going to be moving ourselves forward. So this is a huge consideration. Managing that emotional stress is major is key. So those are the three things, right? Nutrition, training, and recovery. If you feel like you're hitting your training, uh, you're programming to work muscles without overuse, you're getting close to that failure point in every set, but you aren't seeing progress. And again, progress happens slowly, maybe over the span of months, a quarter, whatever it might be due to recovery. Maybe you're not sleeping enough. Maybe you're not managing emotional stress and, or nutrition, right? could be because you're not eating enough protein. So tinkering with those two things would be my recommendation before you go adding a bunch more volume into your training. Because again, if we're just adding more volume, you could just be spinning your wheels, treading water, overstressing your system, contributing to that overstress and not moving yourself forward. Okay. So that's how to eat, train and recover for body composition. And like I said, it's a very slow process. You can expect to see, maybe feel some minor changes within maybe a month, but I truly recommend giving yourself a really long runway to see what's working and to adjust. You'll see minor changes after maybe a month, um, three months, people might start to notice, um, a year you could completely transform your body. So, um, be patient with it. Feel free to tinker. Don't get frustrated and seek professional help. If you feel like you're doing all these things and it's just not moving. Okay. So how do you measure? How do you measure muscle growth? How do you measure fat loss? The most reliable way to measure your body composition, aside from like getting an MRI is a DEXA scan. So D E X A. There are businesses 
around the U S that are doing DEXA scans in a, in an affordable way. I think there's lots of businesses that do them like in packages. Like I know there's this place called body spec, which is where I go B O D Y S P E C body spec. And, uh, they have like a membership program where it's like $40 a month for a DEXA scan. So there are some with some reasonable prices. You might not have um, access to that depending on where you live, but that could be something that you look into. If you want more kind of reliable numbers and data, you could go once a year, you could go every quarter. Um, just depends on again, how much data you want, how much money you want to spend to be completely honest. But if you don't want to get a DEXA scan, there are other ways to measure your body composition. You can take tape measurements, you can use a caliper, uh, or you can buy one of those body composition scales. I hesitate to recommend that because they're not reliable and they also don't take into consideration water weight or that time of the month, which all can definitely affect your the reading of your body composition. So if you are going to use one of those scales, I recommend to look at it from more of a macro scale rather than a micro scale. So you're not, maybe you're weighing yourself, you know, once a week, but you're really looking at it over a month rather than like daily. Um, also if you are weighing yourself, which I don't weigh myself and I love not weighing myself, it is amazing. Um, but you might notice that if you're new to training, you might gain a little bit of weight in the beginning. And I talked about this in episode number 52, beginner weight, uh, water retention is very, very common. So don't be discouraged if you're like, Oh, I just started training in three weeks and I'm like gaining weight. So, um, listen to that episode and don't panic again, just coming back to these basics of focusing on that nutrition, tinkering, being curious, all the things. All right. So that's how to measure progress. You could also just go by how your clothes fit or changes that you see in the mirror, which I also really like, or how you feel. Are you feeling stronger? Are you feeling more energetic? Those are also good changes. We don't want you to do this at the expense of yourself. We don't want you to feel like your joints are falling apart. We don't want you to feel exhausted and depleted. We don't want you to feel like this is like taking a bunch of your time. All those things are really important. Okay. So I'll end this by talking about kind of my personal experiences with this and what I've learned this year. And I really have hesitated to share this on the podcast because I want to give you the information in a way where you're not comparing yourself to anyone else. You're not comparing yourself to me to your friends, to your partner, you are really in your own lane. And so I've hesitated to share this, these things, but at the same time, I want to be an example that you can improve something like your body composition without tearing yourself down. You can improve your body composition in a really sustainable way. And honestly, I wanted, I wanted proof to show that I wanted the numbers to show that. So I'm going to talk about it today. Again, this is not for you to compare yourself to me. You have different life, different set of stressors, different genetics. So please just take this with a grain of salt. Okay. So my goal this year, starting in January of 2022 was to gain five pounds of muscle. And I gave myself the entire year and that would seem like a long runway for most people in the fitness industry. Because again, I wanted to give myself the space to experiment and test and most of all, 
I did not want to hurt myself. I do not want to go back to the times where I was grinding away and felt awful. I just don't want to go back there. So I knew that if I gave myself a long runway, I would be able to potentially achieve this goal and I would learn what works so that I can carry that through for the rest of my life. So I got a DEXA scan in January and I've periodically gotten them since then to see kind of what's working and what's not. And I've tinkered with some different things. So since January, I have changed my body composition. I have gained almost four pounds of muscle and lost six pounds of fat. And it actually wasn't my goal to lose fat. It was my goal to gain muscle, but that this body recomposition has ended up happening. And I've fluctuated a little bit over this year, but I'm really proud and excited that I'm almost to this goal of five pounds. And I think that I'll be able to hit it by the end of the year. Um, so I'll start by talking about what I've learned with nutrition and then we'll get into training. So after listening to the macros program that Catherine did on the membership, I realized I was not eating enough protein. Like I said earlier, I've always struggled to gain muscle and I started to track my protein. And like I said, I was eating like half of what I should have been. So, um, once I increased my protein and I calculated my TDEE and all those things, and I did like a tiny deficit, actually, I didn't even do a deficit. I don't think, I think I just was like, I'm going to maintain my calories, but just up my protein. That's what I did. Yeah. And, um, so I was eating one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And I started to notice a difference within the first month and It wasn't, again, it wasn't a big difference. I don't think anybody else noticed, but I really started to notice visual changes after month two and three. And what was really awesome was that it felt very sustainable to me. I wasn't starving. I felt super satisfied. In fact, at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of a lot to eat. Like if you've ever upped your protein, protein is very filling. So you'll feel like you're eating a lot. And I felt super satisfied and I was shocked that it did not feel like a restrictive diet. Like I had done in the past. It felt like really easy to maintain. Um, so I didn't, you know, track on the weekends. I was very loose on the weekends. Um, but you know, on the weekends I was trying to be a little bit more mindful, especially in the first half of this year, I was more mindful on the weekends. I was listening to my hunger cues. I was trying to eat lots of veggies and fish when we went out to dinner. Cause we like to go out to eat a lot. Um, but I would still, you know, drink the cocktails and eat ice cream and dessert and breads and all the things. So I wasn't super restrictive on the, on the, on the eating on the weekends. Um, that was like the first half of the year. I also, something that I did was cut back on my drinking significantly up to this point in my life. I would often drink like every night of the week, like a couple of glasses of wine every night of the week. And then on the weekends I would drink heavily And, uh, you know, being an undergrad and then grad school, and then my husband went to grad school, it just felt like I was in a culture of lots of binge drinking. And I got to a point where I was like, this is, this sucks. Like (laughs) I'm over these hangovers. It's, it wasn't even the physical hangover as much for me. It was the anxiety that I was getting on Sunday and Monday. And I just, I found that I was having a really hard time, um, running my business when I was feeling anxious on Sunday and Monday. So I really cut back on my drinking this year and it feels so much better, so much more sustainable. I don't often drink on the weekdays. Sometimes I'll do an occasional happy hour, you know, one, two drinks max on a weekday. And then on Fridays and Saturdays, I do maybe like two to four drinks, go out to dinner, have some cocktails. We're still in bed early. 
Um, but I can honestly say I haven't been hungover in a really long time. Um, because I'm not over consuming alcohol like I used to. So I do think that that has made, you know, a big difference in my body composition. Of course, there will be special occasions, weddings, trips, whatever, where I do consume a lot more alcohol, but it isn't the norm like it used to be. Okay. Protein. What, what am I eating for protein? I get asked about this a lot. I'll share some of my favorite protein sources. I am not a good cook and I don't want to spend a lot of time cooking and I will also eat pretty much anything. I am like the least picky person ever, which is really a blessing when it comes to this because I can just kind of like woof down whatever. I don't really care about what it tastes like. Um, so I'm really looking for convenience and ease over everything because I'm, I'm not a good cook and I don't like to cook. So I eat, you know, all the animal meats. Um, but my dinners on the weekdays are generally like shrimp or chicken, or I often do a lot of the, uh, heat and eat proteins. Um, there's this brand called Kevin's natural foods, and they have some like a good chicken and pork that you just throw on the stovetop, saute it up. And then I'll throw that in a bowl with like greens, sweet potatoes or quinoa, a lot of veggies and my favorite sauce, which you'll, if you follow me on Instagram, you see me post about this all the time. It's called bitchin sauce. It is so good. You can get it at whole foods and every single flavor is amazing. So I like to put that in there. I'll put some Greek yogurt and that's about it. I also like to do some canned fish. I like to do canned sardines, although I've kind of burned myself out on that. That's why I haven't done it in a while. I do cottage cheese. I do Greek yogurt. Um, I'm not above protein powders. I'll put some protein powder in my yogurt with my Greek yogurt with like a chopped apple. And I'll do that for breakfast or for a snack or something. And I'm also not above protein bars. Costco has some okay protein bars. Again, they don't taste the best, but again, I'm going for convenience and it's just the Kirkland brand that I buy. They're high in protein and low in sugar. Um, so to be honest, I do those as well. And again, it's about the convenience for me. I'm not, I don't, I know it's processed and all those things, but <laughs> this is what I do. I'm just being honest. So there's nutrition. That's kind of what I've been tinkering with as far as nutrition, uh, training. I, have not changed my training that much this year. I have been doing the Evlo method exclusively since March, 2020. I think it's really important for me to feel what you all are feeling. It's not like I'm doing, it's not like I'm teaching my classes and then go going off to other fitness classes and spending another hour and a half in my workouts. No, I want to do what you all are doing and feel what you are all are feeling and prove that you can do this and still continue to progress. So my workouts haven't changed, but, um, I have been playing around with my focus in the last two months. And I think that this has made a big difference. So towards the end of every set, I create that internal resistance to try to get towards muscular failure. I want to get really close to muscular failure in every set. And this is something that you'll hear me cue in class a lot towards the end of our set. Before I count down from eight, you'll hear me say like flex at hundred percent effort, get close to that muscular failure. And you'll create that internal resistance that will create more stress in the muscle and really make it work a lot harder. So I've been, you know, more consistent with that in the last couple of months. And that I think has made a huge, huge difference for me. And then of course, you know, I walk and I, again, that hasn't changed this year. I've been walking daily for about two years, 10 to 30 minutes. Some days it doesn't happen. Um, but that's, that's all. I really haven't changed that much with my training. I've changed a lot more with my nutrition. It's made a huge difference. And again, my progress has not been linear. There are times where, um, I gain a little fat 
or gain or lose a little muscle or whatever. Um, but I feel like I am really happy with the trajectory of where it's going over this year. And I've been able to experiment with what feels good. And this feels so sustainable to me and I'm just thrilled about it. So I will keep you all posted on, you know, if I hit my goal by the end of the year, that that five pounds of muscle by December, and I have a ton of travel coming up between now and then, and of course the holidays. So I'll do a follow-up near the end of the year to fill you in on kind of what I've learned and my progress and all of those things. So if you want to adopt this goal of five pounds of muscle in one year, I thought it was an awesome goal for me. I'm having so much fun with it and it doesn't feel like I'm in a rush. You don't have to wait till, you know, the start of the year to start that, right? You could start it now. You could go schedule your DEXA if you want to get a DEXA or do your body measurements or whatever, if you're into that and start your goal tomorrow, right? Um, so I think that would be really fun if you all want to do that and let me know how you progress. Okay. So I hope that this was helpful. Again, I know not everybody's goals are body composition, but at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So I wanted to give you some tools today. I wanted to give you some personal insights. Um, remember that there's eight free classes in the show notes, or you can join Evlo for 14 days for free at evlofitness.com. We will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.